You are listening to The Thriving Lawyer with Kathleen Brenner. Are you a lawyer who's feeling burnt out but you want more in life? Do you want to live a purpose-driven life that is filled with more meaning and joy? A life where you can absolutely thrive as a lawyer but not at the expense of everything else that is important to you? If you are, you've come to the right place. I'm a lawyer, a coach, a dreamer and a change maker. My mission is to help you grow and thrive, to embody your values and strengths as both a lawyer and human being, and to expand what is possible for you so you can create a more joyful, fulfilling and impactful life than you ever previously imagined possible. Welcome to episode five of The Thriving Lawyer. It's so fantastic to be doing this again. For those of you who have been listening to this for a little while, you will have realised that there's been a little bit of a gap between this episode and the last one. Unfortunately, that is due to a complete and utter technology failure that I had almost three weeks ago now, which meant that I've been without my technology until this weekend. So very keen to get back into it, and particularly so because... The theme of today's podcast is the art of savouring and it's something that I've wanted to share and talk about for a couple of weeks now since I had the idea for it and the way that it all came about is that I was out and about on a Sunday morning, one of those beautiful glorious Melbourne mornings that we get in the summer um, where everything is just perfect. Um, if only they could be much more regular than they have been in recent times. Anyway, it was just so utterly perfect and I was out there just enjoying the water, the sand, the trees that were close by, my neighbourhood. And I realised that what I had been doing without even being consciously aware of it was really savouring the moment. And it's something that has only really become part of my life in a conscious way since I undertook my coaching study and in particular my positive psychology informed coaching. Um, And that's because having learned about the tool, I then became aware of the opportunities that I could use it like really easily to just enrich the experiences that I was having. And so on this particular morning, once I became aware of it, I really indulged it and then found that it really deepened that positive experience that I was having. But you may be wondering, you know, well, why in a podcast called The Thriving Lawyer am I going on and on about all of this? You know, this episode doesn't seem to directly link to our practice as lawyers. It's quite separate to it. Um, I suppose my response to that is, well, For me, it all goes back to this idea of flourishing. And so to truly embody the persona of a thriving lawyer, it's really important that you're a thriving human. And the practice of savouring, I think, is a really useful tool that can help us thrive as humans. Now, if we're thriving as a human, of course, we're more likely to thrive as a lawyer. We shouldn't merely be doing it because it will do that, but rather the benefits in our whole life. But even if you are just looking at it through that narrower lens, I hope that you find that this useful and something that can help, particularly when you're experiencing moments of stress or when work seems to be particularly hard. I think it can be a bit of an outlet and provide possibilities 
to sort of decompress and focus on everything else that's important. Um, but before I get into the definition of savouring too much and talk about how we can foster the practice, I think it's really worthwhile first situating it within the science of positive psychology. Now, all of this comes with the qualifier. I'm a lawyer. I'm a certified coach with the International Coaching Federation, but I am absolutely not a positive psychologist. And I don't pretend to be an expert in that science of positive psychology either. But what I have done is become familiar with some key concepts and tools that are drawn from that umbrella of positive psychology and learnt tools as to how to apply them in my coaching. And so, with that very, very significant caveat in mind, at a very basic level, in a sentence, I think it's fair to describe the science of positive psychology as essentially a school of psychology that rather than focusing on mental illness, i.e. what's wrong with you, it is instead concerned with what makes humans flourish. So essentially, it's the science of human potential. And that's, of course, not to say that the rest of psychology doesn't have a very important role and that if you're having issues, of course, it's really crucial that you go and get those addressed. Coaching is not about doing that work. Coaching is about looking forward and about creating possibilities. So, within this umbrella of the science of human potential, I thought rather than going straight into talking about savouring, I think it's useful to share a couple of little frameworks that I've become aware of that falls specifically within the School of Positive Psychology, which can help us situate these ideas. The first one that I want to share is one that I actually only became aware of a few weeks ago in my reading. And that is I came across the work of Kate Heffron. Now she's a positive psychology researcher and she's posited what I think is a really quite simple framework for flourishing. Her idea is that we should balance the three different components of human flourishing. And she considers that they are, well, their achievement, their contentment and pleasure. And so what that will look like in any particular um, situation will depend quite clearly on the person and the cultural context. When I look at that framework, and as I've alluded to in past episodes, I think lawyers can be particularly prone to focusing on that career achievement and seeking fulfillment and meaning largely from that aspect of our lives. I mean, if you're a lawyer already, think about the colleagues, either past or present, or even yourself. How many workaholics are among you? It's that doing obsession that I've talked about that's rearing its head again. That pressure to work, work, work and work some more. Yet ultimately, well, of course, achievement is important. And it's important enough that, for example, in this little theoretical framework, Kate Heffron has situated achievement as one of the key aspects. But that's it. It's just one of a number of aspects. And alone is not the path to human flourishing. 
So, of course, it's important, but it's just one component. I think the other thing that strikes me as really useful about that kind of framework is that the emphasis might shift with time as well as to what we're particularly focusing on. And there's also things that we can do to cultivate each component. And that will lead us back to this kind of discussion of savouring that I want to have shortly. But the other framework that I want to share, because I found it really useful in my own coaching and life, is Barbara Fredrickson's Broaden and Build Theory. So I know this is a little bit heavy with theory, but just bear with me for a bit because it is quite a powerful idea. And so her essential idea is that the benefit of positive emotions, such as joy, happiness, or contentment, are not just of the moment. So according to her, the more that we experience them, the wider that our range of behaviours, such as play or discovery and curiosity. So in other words, the way that I understand her idea is that those emotions actually make us more creative, they make us more flexible, the more we experience them. So we can develop more richly in all aspects of our lives. The benefits can compound and they can lead to flourishing. And that, of course, is not to deny the negative or to gloss over it. I'm not about toxic positivity and I don't think Barbara Fredrickson is either. But rather, what her idea is about is seeking, where appropriate, to cultivate those positive emotions. And that if you do, I think that they will help you get through those negative times which are inevitable. So I wanted to talk about those two ideas because I really think that these two theories are both useful to consider in light of our conversation because they highlight how, well, achievement is one aspect, pleasure is one aspect, and that positive emotions, once cultivated, well, they compound. So again, well, why am I talking about this on this podcast about the thriving lawyers? Why should we care about any of it? Well, apart from the the achievement kind of complex that I think so many of us have in our profession, I also think that there's another aspect to it and that it's linked to the status that our legal profession has. You know, often lawyers and doctors are bandied about as a, in a phrase in terms of um, desirable occupations. There's a long road to getting um, fully qualified and then experienced in our profession. It's hard to get a law degree, not an easy thing. But the negative side of this is that I think that sometimes we can be prone to thinking that the things that will make us happy are essentially societal checkboxes. You know, I remember going to law school and, you know, I'd been, I've now been a government lawyer, well, I'm in private now, but I had been a government lawyer for a very long time and I had no idea of those opportunities that were available to me because in law school, for example, there was a very narrow set of opportunities. It was basically go to one of the big law firms. Um, that was seen as the desirable trajectory. If you were a law graduate, 
we weren't really talked about in any great detail. Perhaps a little bit of legal aid opportunities, but certainly I had no conception of what was available in government and the breadth of opportunity that was possible to have a different kind of career. I raise that now because it didn't fit into one of those checkboxes about the kind of job that I should have had in that time or what my career trajectory should have looked like. So, you know, lawyers overall, I think that there can be an immense pressure um, that we put on ourselves or perhaps our families put on us about seeking a particular path, you know, potentially path to partnership in a big firm. Now, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And if, if, if that's what you want to do and that you're, you've chosen it consciously, well, good on you. And I hope you thrive because we want people like you in those roles. But the key thing here is, is that, that you want that and that you're not just following that particular pathway because you understand it as the only path to success. You know, I think we can tie our identities so much with our jobs also that we can't imagine anything else. So we can't imagine what success might look like if we weren't being a lawyer or if we weren't a lawyer of a particular kind. So the frameworks that I've talked about earlier in terms of those positive psychology frameworks around um, flourishing and positive emotions, well, I think that they're just a useful reminder that societal expectations, whether in our relationships or whether in our careers or even any other aspect of our life, will not bring us flourishing. Rather, what it is that they can bring is that conformity and dissatisfaction. And so whether you're early on in your career trying to think about the kind of legal career that you want to create for yourself, the life that you want to create for yourself, or if you're a much more experienced lawyer who's feeling a bit stuck, the real important starting point here is, well, is that what you want? And what might you want instead? And whilst we should engage in these other aspects of our lives because of their inherent value, not because of the benefit they provide in the respect of our productivity as lawyers. Of course, I think it's pretty obvious that those benefits are going to spill over and have a positive impact in our lives. So where to? What practical steps can we take to flourish? There is so much out there in positive psychology and I'm so keen to be able to share what I've been learning as we go. But for the purposes of this podcast, as I said earlier, I just want to focus on this specific idea of savouring. Because as I kind of alluded to, it's an idea that I'm really drawn to and have been experimenting with applying in my own coaching and my own life. And... I think why when I first heard of this idea in my coaching classes, I became so enamoured with it, is that I think that long before I ever came across the idea in an academic sense, I was exposed to this way of living when I was at university and finished my law degree in Florence through their Prato program. Now, I had worked you know, quite a few part-time jobs to save up my pennies to be able to go. And I remember arriving and finding myself completely blown away um, by that beauty of that Renaissance city. 
I don't think I'll ever forget the moment I arrived on the train as you went past the cathedral and the Duomo, just thinking, how is this even a real piece of architecture? Um, but beyond that, as I spent weeks there, suddenly I came across a different way of living. And that very kind of Protestant, Western European work obsession, well, it just wasn't there. Admittedly, it came at the cost of some chaos, but beauty in all its forms was cultivated. You know, it was really simple things as well. You know, you might not be able to get anything on a Sunday afternoon, and certainly I made that mistake once and never again because everything was shut. But overall, like food wasn't just fuel. It was art. It was about pleasure and connection. Rituals were everywhere. You know, they slowed things down, but perhaps that was the point. And I was hooked and went back to Italy for another six months and quite a few times since, simply to be able to engage in that and learn about that and be around that. And I think that those experiences really changed where I ended up going over the coming decade or two. So... Once I heard about this theory, it all clicked into place and I essentially understood from a more intellectual perspective what I had discovered. And that is, you know, at its essence from a positive psychology perspective, to savour is a tool of emotional regulation. You're savouring if you're using your thoughts and actions to increase the intensity, the duration and the appreciation of positive experiences and emotions. Now, let me repeat that because I think it's really important. The intensity of the experience, its duration, and your appreciation of it. Now, the idea was brought into positive psychology by Bryant and Veroff, and they saw it essentially as a process, essentially as an interaction between the person and their environment. So... Back to my weekend a couple of weekends ago, when I went out for this walk on a Sunday on the beach. So I'd been having a bit of a lazy morning. I'd just finished reading Florence Williams' The Nature Fix. I thought I'd take her up on her suggestion of a minimum of five hours a month in nature, but preferably much more. And without my phone. So that's the thing. I often go for walks and I often do it after work or before, but usually I have my iPhone, my earbuds in and I'll be listening to a podcast. Um, There's a few that I regularly listen to each week, you know, and that can often be great. It's a great way to disconnect and to just engage in something else. But with this morning, I headed out the door with that spectacular weather. There were sailing boats everywhere. There were Puddle borders, there were kayakers, there were swimming, there were people walking their dogs, families all about, the water was glistening, the sun was warm, but not oppressive, the water was refreshing. It was so simple, it didn't cost me a cent, yet it was just purely delightful. I was relaxed, I'd become open, all that kind of stress of the week just disappeared. And then because I was feeling cheerful, I was open and started talking to a couple of strangers. I spotted a little coffee stall at the Life Saving Club. Like, how Melbourne is that? Like, the barista with the coffee. Although the barista was this young guy who'd just done his coffee training the day before. So I scored a free coffee in exchange for some gentle, constructive feedback. 
you know, the point of of all of that is to say that I found myself savoring the moment, becoming consciously aware of it, and then using that awareness to drink it in even more. And I'm, I'm not just talking about the coffee there either, you know, the whole experience. Now, it's just a little example of how you could cultivate it. And yes, you know, um, I'm very fortunate that I had a beach available that I could walk around. Not everybody has that. But I think the important thing to remember here is that, you know, it doesn't have to be grand. And it doesn't even have to take a lot of time. You know, I'm very conscious that I don't have children to look after and I'm there's a degree of privilege in where I live. But it can be as simple as savouring your meal or the interaction that you have with your partner or your toddler, patting your cat or your dog, walking past a beautiful building, or if like me um, and you're a Melbourneian, savouring the tram bells. For me, that's the sound of home. Um, I remember when I was actually going into the office every day in Spring Street, um, that would be my little savouring moment in the morning as I popped out of Parliament Station and had all of the beautiful buildings around Spring Street and the top of Collins with the tram bells going past. It always, without fail, put me in a better mood. Um, You know, a great idea is something as simple as a walk. You've probably heard that before, but... I think it's true. These simple things can make a real impact. But go without your earbuds or your phone. Aim to really notice, to really observe what you usually take for granted. It might be a particular kind of tree or the birds, or you might, if you're in the city, in an urban environment, look for a particular kind of architectural style. Um, You know, it can be easy. So... I'd love to hear what you think. Please email me with your thoughts. And if you seek to savour, let me know how you've gone about it. And if you'd like to explore this idea anymore or how to flourish more generally, please get in touch. You can message me on Instagram or LinkedIn or email me at kathleen at minervacoaching.net.au. The links are in the show notes to this episode. Until next time, lawyers, thank you.